Other Chatters. I'm Nat. And I'm Kat. And welcome to the Crime Chat. I am your forensic femme fatale. Natalie is your true crime addict connoisseur. We're just two girls who never resort to arguing. We just simply explain why we're right. And we know where to bury a body. Absolutely. (laughs) We obsess about dark crimes, evil minds, and occasionally the unknown. Here is your disclaimer. The following crime chat contains adult content and descriptions of potentially... And with this episode, yes, violent scenarios, your listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. And before we get into this today's crime chat, uh, Kat, have you done anything exciting? So we're still watching The Witcher. We're catching up with the rest of season two. We ended up restarting it just mm-hmm. to kind of watch it through. Last night, we picked up with two more episodes. So we were kind of out and off and doing our own thing. A nice little vacay. Mm-hmm. And we did also watch the woman across the street from the girl in the window how did you like that okay so i really really liked it Mm -hmm. and then i came to realize i was watching a romance novel yeah but did you feel that it was a little like (laughs) well i mean that's why i thought it was a romance novel yeah like like a hallmark Yes, like I uh, don't do chick flicks. I mean, I like I'm just like, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the good feel good stories. I'm just like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, give me death and horror and action <laughs> all day long <laughs> for my <true>. entertainment. <laughs> but it, it was cute. There, you know, some of the twists and turns. And that's why I said it felt like a romance novel because you kind of saw some of the things that were coming in it. Mm-hmm. But it was cute. I did like how it ended. It gave a little teaser that there might be another one. So, and I think it's just one of those that you do have to kind of watch from start to finish. Yeah. I enjoyed it at first because I loved how she would pour herself wine. Constantly. That was like my life where you have that <laughs> bowl of quirks in your kitchen. And I'm like, oh my God, that's totally me. You're going to do that craft project, but you just haven't figured out which one you want want to do yet like out of the reef we talked about that <laughs> in the 19 crimes because i was like i have so many quirks right <laughs> so yeah. i don't know did i tell you i've separated them and i've kind of started no what did you <laughs> okay. do okay so i went through my plethora of quirks so we are club members for Dublin Wine. It's Muscadine Wine. It's here in the South. And actually, uh-huh. they're opening up a new winery in uh, Panama City. Uh, if you Have you ever had Muscadine Wine before? No, it's, I have not. Sweet. Okay. Uh, actually, that's what I'm drinking right so now. So what is it? A rosé? So this one is like a rosé. It's called Cotton Candy, but it's <sighs> peach-flavored cotton candy. So it's a little on the sweeter side. If you don't really like sweet wines, um, you might not like a but they, their burgundy red uh, is definitely not that sweet. And it was very, very, very good. And you can cook with it. They And so we get this every couple months. <laughs> they send you three bottles of wine that's like in their special edition or whatever. They give you recipes. Sometimes they, they make like jellies and stuff. We've Ooh. got this muscadine habanero salsa. Oh, so good. Girl. So good. We go to the one in Myrtle Beach. We haven't been there probably in a couple of years. But I don't think we've been there since COVID happened. Because we're club members, if we lived in Myrtle Beach, we could go there and get a free glass of wine every day oh, girl. <laughs> i'm liking this dollars to do the wine tasting and, and you taste 10 samples of wine if you do the whole thing then you get a free glass of wine which your favorite one is and that's how that's what got us hooked on it is because and it's it's just a really good atmosphere and everything the company's really really good mm-hmm. as far as like being involved anyways i i completely digress no my (laughs) so my duplin my duplin corks Mm -hmm. i separated from my 19 crime corks 
cork's and so i have a, a cork collector right thing mm-hmm. that says put a cork in it <laughs> and so i started redoing that one with just duplin mm-hmm. and our oldest son got us a it's a cork holder it's an a for adams mm-hmm. and i'm putting all of my 19 crimes corks in that one so i've organized them okay i've done i've taken a step to get a little further in my cork collection <laughs> have, now have they been uh, did you fill them up yet no okay we gotta work on that we are <laughs> <laughs> cheers <laughs> exactly cheers so what about you oh so this week so i i told you i went away for valentine's mm-hmm. day i went to st augustine had a great trip stayed at a haunted hotel love it sorry chatters did not see a ghost unfortunately did not see a ghost so we're gonna move on we'll try it again next <laughs> next time one day. Well, I mean, it's the oldest city. I know. You would think I would see a ghost, but I haven't seen a ghost yet. Ponce de Leon didn't show up on your, your he did not. threshold? No, he did not. With the Fountain of Youth? Nope, With he did not. With the Fountain of Youth? <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> but today, oh, well, today, on this week on Netflix, I watched. Okay, so on YouTube, it, it's called The Trixie and Katya Show. Have you ever heard of it? I think I've heard of it, yeah. So they're two drag queens that... Yes basically summarize shows on Netflix and okay. they get paid by Netflix to do so. Like what Bailey Sarian did? Yes. Like a lot of the same thing that Bailey did with she was doing makeup at the same time and well yeah no they, Netflix shows. they're not doing makeup they're just in drag but they're it's a comedy show they're hilarious yeah and um it's pretty freaking funny they're very talented and I recommend the Trixie and Katya show on YouTube it's free okay but the other show that I got hooked on, I don't know if you've ever watched it. It's called Midnight Pass on Netflix. Have you seen it? No, no. What's that about? Okay, so it's a religious show. Mm-hmm. It's not what you think it is. So at first it starts out with a lot of supernatural undertone, like a vampire. Like, oh, there's a vampire okay. on the loose. And... Oh, yeah. Love me some sci-fi. Yeah, and yeah. it's like it's like a vampires meet Big Love. You remember the show Big Love? The, what is that, the polygamists? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so okay, yeah. Yes. It's something like that, but it's the Mormons. The Mormons. They're Mormons. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's good. It definitely has this um, biblical, like, undercurrent thing going on, and everything Mm -hmm. is. So everything that's going on in the show is was written in the Bible. And so it's it, it, they did a really good job telling the story. Mm-hmm. I wasn't too impressed with the finale, but I'll recommend it. Midnight Pass okay. on Netflix. Pretty good. Is it one season or is it a movie? It's one season so far. It's a television series. Okay. Yeah. And I can't see all unless right. they completely change all the characters. It kind of ended on the finale. Mm-hmm. A couple of people survived. Everybody else died. Sorry. No spoilers. No. Sorry. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so yeah that was my week okay that sounds no that sounds interesting we'll have to check yeah it out. before we get into your story cat yes i want to tell you something earth-shattering news that i discovered today on twitter oh no yeah so it, it is reminiscent to your crime chat okay. and that's why i feel that i need to bring it up right now okay so i'm about to tell you about a group of beloved historical figures who were called out on a twitter thread linking them to one of the biggest american conspiracies ever i'm a little nervous to be honest i don't want to be called a rat uh this is about four beloved females snitches get stitches right exactly that you know what yes that's that's where i come from snitches get stitches and i don't want any trouble okay i don't want to be looking over my shoulder when i walk to the car Mm -hmm. but it's about four beloved females blanche dorothy rose and sophia (gasps) thank you for being (laughs) yes (laughs) the golden girls yes the golden girls 
cat. They were actually members of a crime syndicate. What? Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. So you thought, you know, you thought they were innocent, right? Yeah. Because that's what they, yeah, well, that's what they wanted you to think. I mean, come on. That's what they wanted you to think. They were gangsters, my friend, in a life of crime. And as far as Twitter is concerned, <laughs> this is what happened. And it's freaking hilarious. Okay. You got it. Let's... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so let's talk about this. All right. Okay. So Rose, yes. you know, Rose, I am Rose. right? You are Rose. <laughs> Her nickname, Ruthless Rose. I'm digging it. Yeah, the underground called her Ruthless Rose. Okay. She acted innocent. She was sweet. She wasn't as dumb as she pretended. Mm -hmm. She claims her husband died. But on the Twitter thread, they theorized that she killed her husband off for the insurance company. The money. She whacked him. Bye. It happens. It happens. <laughs> you know what? They. <laughs> Let's face it. Who the hell moves from St. Olaf, Minnesota to Miami to save money? I wouldn't live anywhere near Minnesota. Sorry, Genia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So it just doesn't, it, you know what? It makes sense. You're going to notice that this Twitter thread makes a little bit of sense. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I'm listening. The thread continues mm -hmm. to Blanche, a.k.a. the Butcher Devereaux. Devereaux, the Butcher Devereaux. Claiming her family made their money in love and dope game. So I guess drugs, the cartels. Mm-hmm. Her daddy was a pimp. He wore a white suit and he had a hustle. And I remember that episode. Do you yeah, remember that episode? I do. Well, there wasn't oh my much. God. There, there weren't very many men who didn't wear a white suit. Back then. I know. Then. Yeah. In Florida. <laughs> in yeah. Florida. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what did Blanche do for a living? If you remember. She was an art dealer. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And people in Florida are not buying art unless it's velvet or has flamingos on it. <laughs> yeah. And secondly, if you believe any movies, art dealers are always connected to crimes. Okay. So, so we were on the cruise ship and they always mm -hmm. have like this, the art, you know, for sale and to auction and everything like that. Right. And... It just reminded me, because that's so fresh in my mind, right? We were, like, walking by, and they were auctioning off this piece of art, and it's like, people were dropping 8, 10, 20 grand on these pieces of <gasps> art, and it's like, where do you people get these money just to, like, put, to buy a picture that you're going to put on your wall? Are you kidding me? Yes. That's, oh, that's my God. expensive. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, my. Especially on those cruise ships, they're always, like, the price is always hiked up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, all right. So what about Dorothy? We all remember Dorothy. I love Dorothy. Yeah. Her name, a.k.a. Dangerous Thar Dorothy. I see it. Yeah. They needed someone smart and tough to handle the day-to-day -day business. And you know, you didn't mess with her or the Golden Family. Or especially Sophia. So <laughs> we're about to get a star. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's true. Like, oh my god so before we get into sophia i went to a drag show yeah the golden girls drag show in boston oh my god it was epic it was epic if you ever have the opportunity to go to a golden girls drag show okay go it's so funny okay. oh my god bucket list bucket list yeah we should go have like a, a suspicion meetup at a golden girls drag show <laughs> we should do we it. should um and lastly Every crime family in history has an elder, mm -hmm. a boss, the wisdom, mm -hmm. Sophia. Mm -hmm. First of all, she talked mad game. You remember her? Do I? Total 
badass. Yes. She was a badass. She was. I mean, the comments and the like she her gut reaction to everything uh-huh. was just hilarious. I loved it. Yeah. Pac- well, Sicily. Picture Sicily. this. Sicily. Sicily. 1906. Sicily. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to talk about Sicily. Yes. Yes. So, oh my God. And plus, have you ever wondered why her nursing home burned right before they moved in together? She burned it. In 19, 1980. She burned it down. Well, let, well, let's face it. Every time that nursing home was mentioned in the series, she looked at the camera with the guilty face. I'm telling you, you need to watch <laughs> Golden Girls over again. I, you know what? I have been wanting to. Seriously. I love the Golden Girls. And they're great. It, they're hilarious. Good. But I will definitely not look at the Golden Girls in the same way again. I know. I know. Well, according to Twitter, the Golden Girls were qui- quietly running an international drug ring. <laughs> no. Well, Miami in the 80s. I mean, come on. It, it, that was that, that right. was internet. I mean, well, I mean, especially nationally, that was the peak of the war on drugs. Yeah. They were rampant. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was their cover being uh, four elderly friends hanging out together. And remember in the theme song. <laughs> They never said what the gift was. Twitter Twitter has said it's drugs. And the card attached would say, thank you. Thank for you. For being a friend. Thank you for purchasing your weekly cocaine. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I will definitely be rewatching. Yes. It's pretty funny stuff. And uh, rest in peace, ladies. They all, they're all gone and we love them. Yeah. Well, in, so you mentioned Sophia last. She was actually the youngest of all four. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> but they made her look like she was the oldest of four little things. She was so teeny tiny. I know. So we've kind of touched a little bit on kind of our mob crimes for today. This chat is a follow-up to some of the mob era that we've gone over lately, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. St. Valentine's Day Massacre, right? So mm-hmm. you've probably heard some of the names such as Al Capone, Lucky Luciano, John Gotti, but you may not know their actual origins in what we consider the American Mafia as we know of it today, or at least as it's portrayed. Ooh, okay. So the word mafia originated in, drum roll please, Sicily. Mm-hmm. So Sicily is actually, um, was considered Islamic Emirate originally, like way, way, way back when. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So some of the term of mafia actually has an Arabic foundation to it. But it roughly translates today to mean swagger. Mm-hmm. It can also be translated to be boldness or bravado. Mm, in reference to a man, maf- mafiusu. I'm probably butchering Mufusa. that. <laughs> Mufasa. 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 It was a 19th century. <laughs> Mafiusu. <laughs> That's what it is. It's Mafiusu. Mafiusu. Yes. In 19th century Sicily was ambiguous, signifying a bully, arrogant, but also fearless, mm-hmm. enterprising, and proud. So that probably gives you a little bit of representation of what we kind of picture, right? Um, mm-hmm. American mafia. The term mafia has also become a generic term for any organized criminal network with similar structure, methods, and interests. The Mafia has a known history of violence, intimidation, and corruption, also known by many names, 
La Cosa Nostra. Does that sound familiar? I know. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. Or LCN, La Cosa Nostra, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. The Mob, The Outfit, Mm -hmm. The Office. Mm -hmm. It's a collaboration of organized crime, quote unquote, families that were dating back, uh, originating in Italy. So going back into the late 1800s, the first published account was from a newspaper in the New Orleans Times, New Orleans Times, New Orleans, which reported, quote, well-known and notorious Sicilian murderers, counterfeiters, and burglars, end quote, plundered the city. Mm-hmm. And you may be wondering why New Orleans, mm. right? Have you heard of this? I have not. I'm curious. I'm thinking okay. I know, but I'm not going to guess. Go ahead. Okay, so this leads us to our first crime chat. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Music. <laughs> Departing southern Italy, emigration would actually go through Brazil and Argentina by way of New Orleans, eventually making their way to the most mafia-influenced city, New York. No. Oh, God. The, <laughs> the mafia's American roots stem from the Italian immigrant neighborhood of Harlem in New York City. I'm happy Florida is not mentioned, but well, yeah, well, yeah, I can see I that. I mean, that's where they retired. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> yes, true with the Golden Girls. <laughs> that's where everybody retires. That's where I'm going to retire <laughs> very soon. So the five original New York City mafia families were the Luciano family, which later became known as the Genovese family, the Magnano family, which later became the Gambino family, mm-hmm. the Bonanno family, the Lucchese family, and the Porfacci family, which would later be the Colombo family. So those were like the five, and we'll talk about the five families kind of throughout. Okay. Members' loyalties to these families were honored by swearing-in ceremony, pledging omerta, which was called the Code of Silence. This code included avoiding telling authorities about any criminal activity, including if they were attacked by a member of an opposite gang. So if you were like beat up by an opposing gang or like by a rivalry, Mm -hmm. you still couldn't report it to authorities. This, they showed this type of thing in Boardwalk Empire where they were like, nope, you know, he's sitting here with like a a black guy and blood running down his face. He's like, oh, I fell. Yeah, you kept (laughs) it in the family. Yeah. You never never asked outsiders to come in to handle your absolutely issues anybody who broke the rules of their crime families were potentially executed by hitmen or even by one of their own people in their own gang oh my lord and these hits were not pleasant to say the least one hired hitman used an ice pick that went through the ear of a victim and then into their brain he was a hired hit, like that was his job within the mob was to be a hitman and kill off people who were breaking the code of silence. His name was Abe, quote unquote, Kid Twist, uh-huh. Relis. To save himself from the death penalty upon conviction in the 1940s, Relis broke the code of silence himself <gasps> and <sighs> sold out his fellow hitmen who were also convicted and then one by one put to death. Oh, he became a rat. He did. <sighs> he was killing other rats and then became a rat himself. <sighs> Oh, my God. So, Relis was pending his testimony in a trial for Albert Anastasia, which I'm going to talk about him a little bit later, on November 12th, 1941. With the help of the five families, all five families I mentioned, a $100,000 hit was put on Relis. Wow. Relis was supposedly pushed from a hotel window on Coney Island the same day of the trial of Albert Anastasia. No one was charged for this crime, and Relis' official cause of death was listed as accidental. Oh, my God. 
Okay, I love Coney Island, by the way. I spent a lot of my childhood there, so, okay. Yeah, yes. Well, Rellis actually became, and you might have heard this, he became, quote, the canary who could sing but couldn't fly. Have you heard of that? You never heard of a canary who could sing but couldn't fly because he was pushed out of the window? No. He he sang. Oh, my. He was preaching. Oh, my Lord. And 100,000 back then, 1941. Holy crap. That was a lot of money. All five families came together because he was ratting them all out. Oh, yeah. Now, this is just an example of the lengths these gangs would go to in order to, like, keep everything on the down low. Keep it in the family, right? And for the most part, they all worked together. They divided their territories. In the early 1900s, the mafia was at its highest point of power within the United States. Then came the Castellamarisi War. Where does that name come from? You ha- Oh my God, Castellamarisi <laughs> War. Oh my God. It sounds like a, 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 a pasta dish. Okay, well, <laughs> before we get into that, let's go into our sponsor for the week. Today's segment has been sponsored by our friends at Fatal Beauty LLC, a vegan, cruelty-free, eco-friendly, women-owned, and Indian-inspired beauty line. They have all kinds of cosmetics and accessories, eyeshadows, lips, lashes, brushes, you name it, they have it. And they are absolutely committed to quality, which should never be a compromise. They are the only place you need to shop for great, fabulous, affordable makeup. And they have a variety of collections to include collabs with the amazing makeup artist Paul Dow. They also have a BFF collection, which is so fitting as this company was started by two besties who want you to feel like a queen. This BFF collection includes amazingly pigmented eyeshadow palettes, lashes, and lipsticks that are just gorgeous. But there's so much more to explore, and there is something literally for everyone. You can shop now at www.shopfatalbeauty.com using our code CRIMECHAT for a 20% off of your entire purchase. That's www.shopfatalbeauty.com to earn your discount today. And we're back. Yes. So I mentioned the Castella Marisi War. Sounds right? delicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So I will say before I get finished into this, uh, there was a restaurant on the ship called Sabatini's. <laughs> Ooh, sounds great. Five course Italian, uh, d- the probably the best Italian food that I have had outside of Little Italy in New York. Oh, you've been there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. Anyways, so you said pasta, and that reminded me. Yes. (laughs) The Castella Maris (laughs) War. It was a huge power struggle between Salvador Maranzano and Joe the Boss Masseria. Have you heard those names? I have not. (gasps) No. I know. I, I, a shame on my Italian side. I have not heard of these things. (laughs) (laughs) Main characters in Boardwalk Empire. Okay. I gotta watch that. Both immigrated from Sicily and this quote unquote war was named after the town Maranzano was born in Castellamare del Golfo. Castellamarisi war. (laughs) Eventually these two factions would clash. So you've got the Maranzanos and the, and the, Maranzanos and the Masserias. And I'm going to kind of talk a lot about that because they really are some of that that core to what we know as the American Mafia. Mm -hmm. The struggle in the Castellamarisi War, I have to say it that way. 
<laughs> the Castello Marisi War struggle lasted from February of 1930 until April 15th of 1931. And if you can imagine, that's a lot of people dying. Yeah, yeah. And it was just about just a little over a year, almost a year and a half. Mm -hmm. All right, so crime chat fun fact number dos. What else was going on in this time in New York City? In 1931. 1930s, yeah. I'm thinking uh, Al uh, Capone was getting uh, grooms to go to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we've got, and it was based around prohibition mm -hmm. alcohol, the sales of alcohol we talked about that in the saint valentine's day massacre right episode 11 saint valentine's yes. day massacre throwback Ch -ch 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 -ch. <laughs> all right so this war kicked off when masseria ordered the death of an ally gaziano rena all these names in order to protect secret allies and i'm probably going to butcher some of these names i am one third sicilian okay but it does not mean that i know how to speak that way <laughs> However, Rena family found out that uh, Masseria ordered the hit, and they actually swapped sides and went to the Maranzano gang. Ooh, the enemy of up, my enemy is my friend. Is my friend, That's yes, right. Sun Tzu. Mm -hmm. They would end up killing two of Masseria's key leaders, Giuseppe Murillo and Joseph Pinzolo. But Masseria didn't sit back and take it as like his people were being picked off one by one. Mm -hmm. Maranzano's ally in Chicago, Joe Aiello, I don't know how to say that. Mm -hmm. He was murdered. He was in a feud with Al Capone over who owned Chicago. Oh, we know how that turned right? out. <laughs> yes, we do. So the tides, however, began to turn more so in favor of Maranzano, even though Masseria was able to pick off a couple of his people. Mm -hmm. After key members of Masseria's family were picked off one by one, many of Masseria's gang decided to defect and join the winning side of oh. Maranzano. As the war continued to deteriorate, Masseria and his gang just kind of were losing. Lucky Luciano and Vito Genovese collaborated with Maranzano. They mm -hmm. were basically like the underbosses of Masseria. Mm -hmm. And this is a huge point in Boardwalk Empire. Okay. They I like this this scene that I'm about to describe, I see it because okay. they did such a phenomenal job in the show. They would arrange for Masseria to be murdered as long as Maranzano would end the Castella Maurice War. So on April 15th, 1931, Masseria was killed in Nuovo Villa Tomorrow, which is a restaurant in Coney Island. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of that restaurant? Yes. Okay, I'm getting flashbacks. Okay, I've, he <laughs> I've heard this before. Go ahead. Yes. So they're sitting there, they're playing cards. Lucky Luciano is like, I gotta go use the bathroom, yes! or I gotta go use the loo. Yeah. Right? He gets up, he excuses himself and goes to the bathroom, and then five of Masseria's own men mm -hmm. murder him while he's sitting in the restaurant. Now, in this picture, the images have been glamorized, obviously, by modern entertainment. I make several references to Boardwalk Empire because in that scene, it's only Masseria and his men that are in the restaurant. They create right. the whole restaurant out. Yeah. And I could see that for, like, mob leaders and crime bosses and stuff at the time because, mm -hmm. like, you... You can't trust anybody. No. Apparently, you can't even trust your underboss. No, and I think I think a lot of movies kind of like took that little scene and made it their own. I think I think in The Godfather, they had Michael yes. kill yes. the leader, but his family was there. So mm -hmm. that scene of going to the bathroom and coming out is 
famous. Like it's, it's, I've never, I never knew this was the origin though. This is pretty cool. Okay. We'll talk a little bit about the Godfather later. Oh, okay. So Masseria's autopsy revealed that he died with an empty stomach. They're in there in an Italian restaurant and that man never ate anything. Not even a meatball? What the fuck? (laughs) He was eating in Boardwalk Empire, but reality versus, you know, Mm -hmm. TV shows, whatever. But he did die of gunshots to his head, neck, and chest. No one was ever convicted and no witnesses ever came forward. Not surprised, right? Snitches get stitches. I'm pretty sure the uh, NYPD also played ball with... (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Just like the Chicago Police Department. Yep. With Masseria's death, the war ended. Maranzana organized the New York City Mafia and divided the five main Italian gangs into the five families. I mentioned them earlier, right? Mm-hmm. The families were led by none other than Lucky Luciano, right? Love that name. His boss is now dead, so it means he goes up in the echelon. Mm-hmm. The other one was Joe Bonanno, Joseph Perfacci, Vincent Magnano, and Thomas Gagliano. Outside of New York City, the mobs were also organized by Maranzano as a one crime boss per city. So in New York City, there were the five. Outside, where you got Chicago, New Orleans, and other places, there was only one. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that about New York City. When they think New York City, they think of Manhattan. New York City is five. Huge. Five boroughs. Yes. Five boroughs. And they're like, oh, you live in Brooklyn. No, that's New York City. Yep. Like, that. you don't realize New York City is literally five boroughs. It's not just manhattan manhattan is a borough of new york York city City. right exactly and Uh it was so big and it had to be organized and structured that way yeah wow each family was to be headed by a boss who was assisted by an underboss eventually uh, not at this time but eventually there was a third ranking position of a consigliere which was Uh added somewhat later but under the underboss originally the family was divided into crews each headed by a capo regime or capo, and you probably have heard that term before, capo, that was also then staffed by soldiers. The soldiers would often be assisted by associates who were not yet members. Wow. Associates would also include non-Italians who worked with the families and would include people like Meyer Lansky or Benjamin Bugsy Siegel. They were not Italian. No. But they would have as much of a key role as some of the other names that we talked about. Yeah, yeah. In New York, not only were the Italians feared, but also the Jewish community was feared. A lot of people don't talk about that. And Bugsy Siegel was part of the Jewish community, and you did not mess with that side. We're going to talk about that, too. Okay, good. I'm so excited. Okay, Okay, so Maranzano's reign, so he ended the Castella Marisi War, but his reign would not last. In September of that same year, so like six months later, a team of Jewish triggermen, included by Meyer Lansky, mm-hmm. who also included Bugsy Siegel, shot and stabbed Maranzano, given Lucky Luciano in his quote-unquote Young Turks, oh. is what he called his group, no. control of the fully functioning New York City Five Families. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. You kill the oh, oh. people to get to the top. Yeah, seriously. Luciano did some restructuring with a newer kind of a cooperation focused type of perspective, like let's all work together. Mm-hmm. Luciano formed what was called the Commission to oversee all mafia activities in the United States and serve to mediate conflicts between the families, eliminating the capo di tutti capi position or the boss of all bosses. That's very political of him. I know. Good <laughs> job, Lu- Lucky know. Luciano, right? You know. Joe Bonanno, who was, again, the, a run, one of the original fathers of one of the five families, 
He wrote an autobiography called A Man of Honor and said the following about the restructuring. Quote, we opted for a parliamentary arrangement whereby a group of the most important men in our world would assume the function formally performed by one man. End quote. And as we all know, as good as this sounds, uh, all good things must come to an end. Yes. Now, did you know what crime would be the fall of Sir Lucky Luciano? No, I don't, but I know his name, but I don't know the way he died. Oh, God. It's got to be good. Oh, yeah. So what would be his downfall? Sex, baby. Of course. It's every man's downfall. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> okay. So Luciano was tipped off that he would be arrested. And there was this whole thing where he was behind all of this, like, prostitution rings and everything. He mm -hmm. was the pimp of all pimps, essentially. Mm -hmm. So he was tipped off that he would be arrested. And then he fled to Arkansas, of all places. Hot Springs, Arkansas. <laughs> That's crazy. What, what? In the middle of nowhere. Really? What brought him there? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. But I know what you're saying with the prostitution because in New York, uh, yeah. one of the main, like, I guess, laundry, money laundry thing, strip bars. And, like, we had a, yep. a really big one called Scores mm -hmm. that, he, I mean, just to get in was a, a thousand bucks just to get a table. and It was Scores. Scores. And I think it's still around, actually. It's a gentleman's really? club. Gentleman's Of course. There was one time, just so you know, there was one time that I walked into a gentleman's club. It was called Steve's in Staten Island. And I walked in and the guy that I was dating, I must have been like 21. The guy's like, mm -hmm. oh, girls aren't allowed here. I'm like, oh, my beer. And I walked in. Watch this. Watch this. And I and I walked out. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lucky Luciano's luck would only last a few days in Arkansas. Oh, boy. He was arrested on a criminal warrant from New York on 660. Oh counts of compulsory prostitution which actually is basically like sex slavery or human trafficking as we know it today yeah yeah luciano ran his family from prison he was extradited from arkansas back to new york after some fighting you know legal stuff back and forth then during world war ii a french luxury ocean liner was seized by u.s military while it was being converted from a luxury ocean liner into a warship it burst into flames all but one member on board escaped. It was like 120-some people that were injured. Uh -huh. After a couple years of an investigation, it was suspected to be sabotage. But basically, the U.S. Naval Intelligence hired Luciano from prison. What? To keep the New York City waterfront free from any future sabotage because that they were well aware and they knew that he ran and controlled the New York waterfront. That's how powerful he was, that the government right? is going to a criminal sitting in a cell saying, could you protect us right now? Yeah, oh exactly. Wow. So Albert Anastasia, who I mentioned earlier, right? That was the one mm -hmm. where the prosecution's key witness mysteriously fell out of a window <laughs> on the day of his trial. Mm -hmm. Anastasia was a Luciano ally who controlled the docks. Allegedly, he also promised that no dock worker would strike during the war. Like you would be perfectly fine. I got your back, right? So in preparation for the 1943 Allied invasion of Sicily, Luciano allegedly provided the U.S. military with Sicilian mafia contacts as well. Now, remember, he's from Sicily. Right. He was born in Sicily, so he has those contacts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This collaboration between the Navy and the mafia became known as Operation Underworld. Ooh, okay. Love it. And on January 3rd, 1946, as a presumed reward for his alleged wartime co cooperation, New York District Attorney reluctantly commuted Luciano's pandering sentence on the condition that he 
did not resist deportation to Italy. Like, we're going to send you back. Like, we'll let you go. You're sentenced to, like, 50 years in jail, something like that. Wow. So he was pretty much going to spend the rest of his life in jail. And he did accept the deal, although he still maintained that he was a U.S. citizen and was not subject to deportation. Luciano would live the remainder of his life in Sicily. He had some drug dealings, and he continued his gang involvement while he was in Sicily. But he he wasn't murdered or anything like mm-hmm. that. He kind of lived a natural life. Yeah, I'm sure he lived a very good life in Sicily. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, going back to Albert Anastasia, he was responsible for thousands of deaths in the 30s and 40s as a boss of what was called Murder, Inc., a group of contract killers. And I mentioned that the Canary, mm-hmm. so he was a hitman for this murder, Inc. So amongst the tension of the actual five families in the 1950s, Anastasia became the head honcho. However, like he became the boss man mm-hmm. in the 50s. Other Like Luciano was gone, and then you've got all these other people like, you know, being killed or being convicted or whatever. As much as the stories are today, Anastasia's reign, of course, would be short-lived, just like many mm-hmm. of the head honchos, right? He was shot by two men in October 1957 while he was at the barber shop waiting for his haircut and his shave. Wow. You can't go anywhere. No, no. You're not safe anywhere. Uh, uh, yeah. No. Now, throughout the next several decades, members of the mafia and the mob leaders were arrested, tried and convicted, or murdered. By 1985, the RICO Act, you probably know mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. also known as the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, nine mafia leaders were indicted on this act for narcotics trafficking, loan sharking, gambling, labor racketeering, and extortion. Mm-hmm. Prosecutors aimed to strike at all of these crime families throughout this act. So we have 80s, right? It's the the war on drugs then you've got this mafia that like the government is like okay yes. we had enough of you we need to take you down so yeah. the law enforcement and so things start to get really tightened down right yeah i remember that very i remember that i crime chat fun fact number three if you don't know what racketeering is mm-hmm. it's the act of acquiring a business through illegal activity operating a business with illegally derived income or using a business to commit illegal acts which was prevalent. So Bitcoin, basically. Yes. Bitcoin. <laughs> For lack of better terms, money. <laughs> money. Bitcoin, yeah. <laughs> now, do you know which racketeering mobster went by the name of Teflon Don or Dapper Don? I do. Teflon Don. Uh, oh, my God. His name is escaping me. His last name is escaping me. Tell me. John Guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. He was the most powerful mob boss in the 80s. Yes. Mm-hmm. He ordered a hit on his own Gambino crime boss, Paul Castellano, in 1985 to remember that. Yeah, bitches. Yes. <laughs> nobody's, yes. nobody's safe in his world. No, <laughs> no, not at all. You piss somebody off, you're done. <laughs> so Gotti took over and made millions from loan sharking to prostitution and illegal gambling to narcotics distribution. His nickname, Dapper Don, came from his love of expensive suits and his and how he appeared in the media, always looking like a Dapper Don, right? Yes. And then Teflon Don, the nickname became because his ability to, like, deflect and avoid prison uh-huh. for so many years. However, the law did finally catch up to him when he was arrested and convicted of murder, tax evasion, and, of course, racketeering. Uh-huh. Gotti died in prison in 2002 from throat cancer. Does he not remind you of somebody from Chicago? Well, Al Capone. Uh-huh. Like yeah. his just charisma, his yeah. uniqueness, his his talent. His dapperness. It is, 
his dapperness and today mm -hmm. he mm -hmm. would be successful absolutely <laughs> he yes, would absolutely that like you said charismatic everything yes oh my god but some say the mafia died when Gotti was imprisoned however as late as January 20th of 2011, so we're talking like 11 years ago, yeah. the United States Justice Department issued 16 indictments against Northeastern American Mafia families, resulting in 127 charged defendants and more than 110 arrests. <sighs> These charges included murder, murder conspiracy, loan checking, arson, arson, robbery, narcotics trafficking, extortion, illegal gambling, and labor racketeering. It has been described as the largest operation against the mafia in U.S. history. So they're not gone. No. I mean, yeah. as long as we have movies. So the families are still there, but it's just in a different capacity. Yes. Right? Oh and God. as long as we have movies and entertainment, the mob, the mafia mm -hmm. will always be a part of our culture. Yes. So in doing some research, I found a list of the best mobster movies from the guardian online news magazine mm -hmm. and i'm gonna look at the top 10 are you ready yes 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 number 10 mm -hmm. the mission from 1999 it was a hong kong mafia okay number nine kings of new york from <sighs> 1990 mm -hmm. number eight tokyo drifter 1966 it was a, to a tokyo mafia type of movie okay number seven touches pas ou grisby 1954, it was French, a French mafia movie. And that was, Sikorsi cited it as one of the films that inspired him to write The Irishman. Really? Oh. That came out in 2019. Mm -hmm. And actually, The Irishman was number 20 in this list. Okay. That was a good movie. Yeah. Number six, Gamora from 2008. It was a Neapolitan mafia based type of movie. Number five, Infernal Affairs mm -hmm. from 2002. Number four, Once Upon a Time in America. Eighty-four with Robert De Niro. Wow, you give me chills. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> number three, The Godfather from nineteen seventy-two. Mm -hmm. Number two, Goodfellas. Yep. Nineteen ninety. My mom took me to see that. I love movie. that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the gun. Grab the cannolis. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> and they killed the guy. Yes. Leave the gun. Grab the cannolis. <laughs> and then the number one. Godfather Part 2, 1974. Okay. So this is my mob crime segment of Crime Chat with Matt Cat. Yes. This is, a, okay, I love this. I absolutely love this. I feel like you just, like, made me think of, I'm from this this city, and it, I honestly did not know half the shit you just told me. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> but I do remember, I don't know if you remember, maybe, like, years ago was a VH1 or MTV had a reality mm -hmm. series on the Gotties and it was Victoria yes. Gotti in Long Island. I, I remember that. Yes. My God. It's, it's almost a romance novel, but it's a horrible, like what they did was horrible, but yet yes. you somehow romanticized it in a way that we can Oh my god. Exactly. And and it's and like I said, as long as we because it's so historical, uh -huh. these from the crime boss down to your soldiers and associates, they yeah. were relentless. Yeah. Right. And a lot of times, I mean you can think about it as like, you know, terrorists today. Yeah. You have facilitators who don't want them or their families to be killed so they facilitate in mm -hmm. any way possible and i think that's where a lot of people came into like falling into this is i just i was threatened and i didn't want to be killed i mean you've got a hitman yeah yeah who killed people with ice picks murdering hundreds of people 
singing like a canary. And of course, he was murdered himself. Right. Oh, my God. That's crazy. And it also, if you think about it, it also makes a lot of sense why they sent Al Capone to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Because I think if they kept Al Capone in New York, it would have been a completely different fight because I don't I think, think so Al Capone would have been sitting pretty with anybody. I think he would have been more of like a gaudy figure. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. No, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, for sure. That was good, Kat. Thanks. That was it good. It was so much fun to put together. Yes. Yeah, for sure. My God. But the real criminals here are the Golden Girls. Sorry. Gotta Just say remember it. that. Just remember that. Thank you for <laughs> being a friend. Yes. Oh, my God. So because we don't want to leave you hanging, chatters, more information about this case is going to be on after that prime chat with Nat and Kat. Yes. Definitely going to post some pics of the characters that I talked about, some of their aftermath. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about the commission mm-hmm. where it was broken up into all the different networks and the five families yeah. that were in New York City and then the other families and stuff around Chicago and such. Uh, so we, yeah, tons of stuff is going to be posted on Patreon. Oh, yes. That's going to be good. Oh, God. Oh, and remember to subscribe to our Patreon for the bonus episodes. Um, you're going to find behind-the-scenes bloopers. You're going to be able to check out some merch in the works. And also, if you subscribe, you're going to be uh, getting some perks in the works as a chatter. Free, Free merch. merch. And don't forget our TikTok. Like, follow yes. our TikTok. It's going to be so much fun. TikTok, don't <laughs> stop. Be sure to check out all of our social media. Just search Crime Chat with Nat and Cat, And you're going to want to tune in for our next episode. Yeah. It's about a guy we've talked about on the Crime Chat before. Mm-hmm. You don't want to miss it. It's about some guy. Really dark history. Some dude. Some guy. We're going to talk about some dude. Some guy with some things. With some things and some stuff. And some stuff going on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, guys. We will see you on the next Crime Chat. Bye, chatters. Bye, chatters. Bye.